Bibles or turn on your tablet or open your phone to Acts chapter 25 and 26 this morning. As we look at Acts 25 and 26, um, I think I may leave the rest of Acts until after Christmas. We're almost there, but I think I may leave it until after Christmas. Um, and uh, let me see, Acts 25 and 26 this morning. Um, Paul's enemies have not given up. And he is going to keep being pursued. He is going to keep being chased. Um, and, and just some, some background here for what happens here in verse 25 and 26. I'm just going to give you a little bit of the chapter just as background. In verse um, verses 1 through 5, the Jewish officials, they intend to send Paul back to Jerusalem. What happened last time Paul, they tried to send Paul to the Jewish officials? Do you remember what they were planning for him? Anybody remember what they had planned? To kill him. They planned to ambush him and kill him. And God intervened for them. And this time Paul uses the fact that he is a Roman citizen and therefore they wanted Paul to have a proper Roman trial. There's a new governor. What was the last governor's name? From last week? Anybody remember? Felix was the governor last time and a new governor has taken over a governor is Festus and he says that he's willing to travel down to Caesarea to try to give Paul a trial why do why are all of these trials why are we privy why are we get to hear about all of the trials that Paul went through anybody remember the first trial we talked about the Jewish priests who punched him in the face Remember his name, anybody? Ananias. And then Governor Felix. And then Governor Festus. And then he's going to go to King Agrippa. And I think Paul really wanted to go preach the gospel to Caesar. Um, I think that's why he was so pressed to go to Rome. He never got that opportunity, but he does get to go to Rome. And I think part of the reason we see that is that Paul had all these trials. Get it? Trials on the way there. And I think those trials are a picture of the trials that we face in our lives. And how do we, what do we do with trials? You realize that at any point here, Paul could have ended this by exerting his Roman citizenship. They kept trying to let Paul go, and he kept appealing to Caesar. They were trying to release him. The picture is something like this. You go to court, and um, let's just say you go to, I don't know, let's say you go to court um, for a speeding ticket. Okay, and you decide, you decide to go to court, and the judge says, no, the camera was faulty, or this or whatever, and you don't have to pay the fine, and all of a sudden you stand up and say, I want to appeal. Okay? I want to appeal that decision. I want to, doesn't make a I was going to say Alabama phrase. Doesn't make a lick of sense. And it doesn't make sense. But Paul had a greater purpose in mind. And it's the same thing that we need to keep in mind. And we're going to look at some things in real detail today. And I may not get this thing done today because there's so much packed in these verses. Things that we today need to keep in mind as we go through this life. And Paul's life was literally um, this persecution... The boys read a couple weeks ago about shipwrecks and beatings and anything else they remember about. There's all kinds of... Anything else? Going to jail. Anything else, boys? You remember? 
Beaten? AJ? Stone? They left him for dead at one point. You remember that? They thought he was dead. And Paul goes through these things time after time after time. And in reality, for most of us, most of us are not going to have this lovely, cushy, peaceful life. We're going to face trials. People are going to get sick. People are going to have hard times. It's part of living in a broken world. And what do we do when those trials come? Um, I know a lot of trials that, I don't know everything going on, but I know a lot of trials that people may be facing with jobs or uh, finances or anything else. And we just have to keep plugging away. And that's what Paul does here. Paul had a purpose in mind. Paul's desire was to open the gospel to Europe. And thank God he did, or we probably wouldn't be here. So we're going to look at two steps tonight. We're going to look at a couple things that I hope maybe tonight. We may not get to both of them. I may decide to put one of them off till next week or two weeks' time. But we come down now. Paul, so Paul, verse 1 through 5 is all getting ready. Festus is the governor. In, sex, in verses 6 through 12, he says that he's done nothing to the Jews. He's under arrest by Rome. He has the right to a Roman trial. So he appeals his case to King Agrippa, and his request is granted. Now remember, he had Felix had already said, I've got nothing to convict you of. Okay? I, I found you innocent. You've got he says, No, I want to go to King Agrippa and stand trial before him. Now who was King Agrippa? Um, can we remember can let's see if we can go back to the trial? We had Ananias, governor who? Was second? Felix, it's easy for my age to remember because there was a cartoon in the 50s called Felix the Cat. So and it had a great little tune. So I remember Felix easily. Uh, he's going. He went to Festus and gets passed on. And then we're going to see King Agrippa. So all these trials, he works through all the trials here. Um, the truth is here, and Paul's going to point this out, the gospel is for everyone. I, I'm not going... I realize that we have a real need to reach out to the poor and needy in our land. We need to be praying for and concerned about the homeless. We need to be taking, trying to take care of the poor and striving to meet these people. And, and we need to be our neighbors and friends who are just regular people. But the gospel is for everybody, from pauper to prince and everybody in between. And Paul had a compulsion. We already know Paul had tried to reach. He'd already, he'd already preached to crowds. He'd already taken care of the poor. And now he realized the need that he needed to, to preach to the, to, to the more important people. Um, and boy, sometimes I think, what would happen if some of our leaders were truly born again? Truly saved, truly born again. How would things change for us? It's not our motivation, obviously, but we are told to pray for those in authority that we might lead, we, that we might lead quiet and peaceable lives. We are told to pray for that. So Paul realized he was going to preach. He wanted to preach first of all. He wanted to go see King Agrippa, and we pick up in Acts twenty-five and verse thirteen. Let me just read through there, see what's the, what's going on here. After some days, King Agrippa and his wife Bernice came to Caesarea to greet Festus. They came down. To, to, um, uh, to greet Festus 
And then he's told about the trial. They've been there many days. Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, there's a certain man left a prisoner by Felix. Now, Felix didn't want to deal with him. I don't know if we talked about it much, but you know, Paul. the only reason Paul was kept prisoner by Felix is because the Jews insisted. And the Jews were very volatile in the region. He didn't want to have a rebellion. He didn't want to have the Jews revolting. He just said the easiest thing to do is to leave Paul in prison. Uh, there's a certain man who was left a prisoner by Felix, about whom the chief priest and the elders of the Jews informed me, um, um, chief priest, informed me when I was in Jerusalem asking for a judgment against him. To them I answered, it's not the custom of the Romans to deliver any man to destruction before the accused meets his accusers face to face and has the opportunity to answer for himself concerning the charges against him. Just like we have in our law. If you're accused, if you're accused of a crime, you have the right to face your accuser. So he's very practical stuff here. And when the accuser stood up, they brought no accusations against him of such things as I suppose. They had some questions about him, about their own religion, about a certain Jesus who had died, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. And because I was uncertain of such questions, I asked whether it was he was willing to go to Jerusalem and there be judged concerning the matters. But when Paul appealed to be reserved for the decision of Augustus, I commanded him to be kept till I could send him to Caesar. And Agrippa said to Festus, I also would like to hear this man myself. Tomorrow you, can, you, can, you're gonna, you shall hear him. The next day when Agrippa and Bernice had come with grave pomp, great pomp, and then entered the auditorium with the commanders and the prominent men of the city, and Festus commanded that Paul be brought in. Let's set the stage here, okay? Um, king Agrippa was a powerful king. He was a bad king. He was not a nice man. All right? He was known for being quite violent. Uh, he met with the Jews. Um, and uh, so, basically, what had the, the, they, they decided to go to court. Uh, they, they said... When he said, Agrippa said, what has Jesus done wrong? And they said, well, he's talking about their religion. He's talking about Jesus who died and he's and Paul says he's raised from the dead. I think that might have piqued his interest, don't you? They said he's died, he's risen again, and Agrippa must have said, what? Is the man crazy? Talking about a guy raising from the dead? Guys, our lives are only going to make a difference as people know that we're Christians, as they know what we believe. If we're just coasting along, we're never going to make a difference in this world. And Paul had no problem making himself known. Um, They appear, the Bible says, with uh, Agrippa and Bernice come in with great pomp. What do you think that means when they came into the courtroom with great pomp? Any ideas what that means? It's a pretty big deal, right? Trumpets and horns and flags and royalty. Yeah, they came. Well, he was. He was king of the whole region, and he was king of all of what today is. If you can picture a map of the Middle East, um, Agrippa was the king of all the region that is now um, the Lebanon, Israel, Jordan, the Gaza Strip, uh, probably even part of Syria, was all under. Agrippa's control. He was a powerful king. This wasn't just your neighborhood um, local government official. So he comes in with great pomp. Festix explains his court, himself to the court, and um, 
And he said, and so he, we started, I mean, we have nothing against ready to my Lord concerning him. I have brought him before you, King Agrippa, so that after the examination, I may have something to write. He, Festus didn't know how to deal with it. Seems to me unreasonable to send a man a prisoner and not to specify the charges against him. He says, we've got to find something this guy's done wrong. So I'm going to bring him to you. So he pictures the courtroom here. King Agrippa is up on probably, almost certainly, a throne. And King Agrippa says to Paul, a humble, um, just an average everyday Joe who'd come from some sort, some, some sort of prison or house arrest, he says, you're permitted to speak for yourself. Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things I'm accused of by the Jews, especially because you're an expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. What do you see about Paul's demeanor there? You see what Paul, see Paul's attitude towards the king? This was a bad king. I mean, he was brutal. He was immoral. He was really ungodly. Um, and what, how does Paul, as a Christian, how does he address the king? Anybody? Not, he is nice, isn't he? Respectful. And that means, folks, that in the world we live in, we are often going to have um, opportunities, sometimes to be before people who we just don't like and we would rather not meet. I once met a, um, a former Taoiseach in Nace. Um, I know one of the town council members introduced me to a former Taoiseach in town. And um, I didn't have a high regard for this particular Taoiseach, okay? And we're walking through town, he introduces me, and I wanted to say so many things. And I said, It's a pleasure to meet you, Taoiseach. Welcome to our town. Okay? I didn't I I had a lot I had a lot I wanted to say to him. But we need to be respectful of those in authority. Even, it goes so far, and we can make such a huge difference if we learn this attitude we talked about a little bit last week, didn't we? Being respectful as believers. If you get stopped by the guards for, I don't know, speeding or breaking a red light or whatever we happen, whatever we happen to do, at that moment, that guard is in authority. And he deserves our respect even if we don't think we're guilty. Um, I think I told the story about the, 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 Madison, the Madison County policeman who stopped me last time we were back in the States. and All I could say was, yeah, I'm guilty. I did it. We need to be very careful that we are respectful people. People need to know that God's people are respectful. Um, the bad thing is, at least in the country I come from, Christians are, they can be pretty much jerks when it comes to authority and coming to deal with people. And I've got my rights and I've got this. We need to be meek and submissive. We need to answer justly. And that's what Paul's going to do here. You know, Paul doesn't just say, oh, no, don't, don't bother. Paul's going to answer. Paul's going to give testimony on his behalf. But he's very respectful. He says, I know you're somebody who knows the law and, he know, and you're just. And therefore, I'm going to lay out my condition, my, my, my situation. But I like the fact that Paul, I, I love the fact how he jumps into his ministry. 
just quickly, verse 16 through 18, um, Paul says, uh, um, no, too far down. Yeah, this is Paul. Paul gives three. Paul is going to talk about three things here. He's going to talk about his life before Jesus. He's going to talk about meeting Jesus, and he's going to talk about the fact that he had been a killer of Christians. Uh, verse four. He talks about his former life. My manner of life from my youth was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem. All the Jews know that uh, they knew me from the first. If they are willing to testify. That accorded to the I, uh, that accorded to the strictest sect of our religion, I live like a Pharisee, and now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise, um, our twelve tribes, earnestly serving God night and day, hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I'm accused by the Jews. Um, goes on to say, then why why do they think it's incredible? that God could raise somebody from the dead. Paul lays the foundation. The Jews are after him. And yet Paul says, wait a minute. I was the perfect Jew. I was religious. I did everything exactly right. He must have been very popular what he says here because he basically says the Jews know who I am. They knew I was a Jew. And there are Jews out there who believe in the resurrection. His question was, why is this a big fight, this story of the resurrection? He's respectful. And then we find out what happens is, um, after all that time, uh, verse 9, he starts out and he says, Indeed, uh, he said, I was, indeed, I, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. But he said, When I was a Jew, I wanted to do everything I could to oppose Jesus. I didn't, I, I, I tried, uh, let me see. Uh, this I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. I punished them often in every synagogue, compelled them to blaspheme, and both exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to the foreign cities. Paul said, I used to hate Christians. If I was ever guilty of a crime, it was then. I don't know if you remember all those months ago when we talked about what the Bible says about Paul. He uses the same phrase here. I was enraged against them. Remember, anybody remember when I was preaching and I showed you how angry he must have been? When he was raging at him? I hate you, I hate you, I can't. And all that. And that's what he did with the, with the Christians before. What Paul is attempting to do is to explain to Agrippa the change that Jesus Christ makes in our life. The first thing Paul does when he talks to the king is to give his own personal testimony about what Jesus did for him. When we're talking about Christ, the first, before we start talking about anything else, the most powerful thing we can do is to tell people how we got saved. Okay? Now, let's try to think for a second here. Adults, kids, whoever. Why is it so important to tell people how we got saved? Why is that such a powerful statement? Hudson. So they know how to get saved. Good. Now, before we start, they may they may know nothing about the Bible. One thing they can't argue with is the change that God made in our lives. What we were like before we got saved and what we're like now makes all the difference in the world. So Paul begins by telling them how he got saved. What happened to him? And so often when I've tried to witness to people, it's the most natural thing to come up in conversation. I tell them I'm a Christian. Um, 
I'm a born-again Christian. Well, what did you do? And that gives us a chance to share what Jesus did for us. And that's our first chance to share the grace of God in our lives. That's what makes a difference and an impact in the kids' lives. Or not in the, and, and that's what makes an impact in the people that we're witnessing to. It makes a difference because they can't argue with what we say about how God changed our lives. My dad was not an evil man before he got saved. Okay? He was a good dad. He provided for us. But you have to use that word again. Before he got saved, and I love my dad with every fiber of my soul, before my, da- before my dad got saved, he could be a real jerk. He really could. He just was difficult. But my goodness, after he got saved, his life changed dramatically. I remember at my dad's funeral, my brother George was talking about dad's salvation and how God changed him so drastically and how God changed our dad and how he was he knew he was going to heaven and the testimony had a huge impact. So uh, the first thing he did, he shared his testimony. Now he's going to talk about um, what's happened. Then he talks about his conversion. We're not going to go back to um, Paul's conversion. All right, this is for the lads. And can anybody tell me some things about when Paul got saved, boys? Do you remember back when Paul got saved, or from kids' club? Let's so just maybe one point at a time, guys. Well, give me one, David. Okay, God spoke out loud to Saul. Something else, Hudson. He got blinded. He got blinded for a while. Anybody else? Tell me how it went, what happened when he got saved. He went to kill Christians. He was on his way to kill Christians when it happened. Good. Anybody else? Do you remember the phrase? Um, remember the phrase? I don't know if we talked about this. The Bible says, "What did remember what Jesus said to him? He said, who are you, Lord? And what did Jesus say to him? First thing he said was what? I am Jesus. I didn't hear the end. The one that you're you're attacking. And then he asked him a question. Do you remember the question he asked him? Hudson? Saul, why do you persecute me? Why do you persecute me? But he asked him a more deep question. He says, why are you kicking against the goads? Remember that? And the, the kicking against the goads, anybody remember what that means? Paul had heard the gospel. The Holy Spirit was pricking his heart. And, Paul, and Jesus said to him, Why are you kicking against the ghost? Why won't you listen to the Holy Spirit? And the tragedy is, is that so many people alive today, they know they need to be saved. Men, women, boys and girls have heard the gospel over and over and over again. And yet they don't, they keep going against it. I think our son Zeke might be that way, trying to figure out what happened in Zeke's life. And Zeke has heard the gospel, I think some of the things that he does, because I think it's because he's kicking against the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We found out back then that Paul had family and friends who were saved before that happened to Paul. And if we're sitting here today and we're doing that, kicking against the goads and kicking against the Holy Spirit's prodding, we're, 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 we're... it's a, well, it's, it causes turmoil in, your, in our own lives. Um, and, it, and that's what keeps so many people from salvation. So Paul tells how he got saved. Um, he gives his te- testimony of salvation. And then verse 16 through 18, he talks about what God did to him after his salvation. Um, I am Jesus who you're persecuting. 
Paul tell, Jesus tells him to rise, stand on your feet, for I've appeared to you for this purpose. He says, first of all, I want you to be a minister. I want you to be a witness of the things you've seen and the things which I reveal to you. To, to, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Paul says, or Jesus tells Paul, two things he's supposed to do. He says, I want you to serve me and I want you to share what you've heard. Two jobs we have as believers, guys. We've got to serve and we have to share. Jesus put it very simply. Serving and sharing. He says to be a minister. All that means is a life of service. You know, Do we live a life of serving others? All through the scriptures we see that's going to be our main testimony. Is are we serving others? And then he says I want you to share your faith. That was the two key things that God told Paul that he wanted to do. Um, then he says to preach the gospel to the Jews and the Gentiles. Because God wants everybody everywhere to be saved. And we're sent into all the world and preach the gospel. I think, believe it or not, it's, I think we're going to stop there because the next section, there's, I don't, there's no way I can get finished <clears throat> with the next section today. I think it'll I think it'll be good just to come back and wrap that up. Um, so God has sent us. When God saves us, he, he sends us out to serve others and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have to ask myself, am I doing that? Am I truly serving God and serving others? And am I sharing my faith? Sharing your sharing faith is it's 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 our it's it frustrates me sometimes in my own life. Do you ever get frustrated in your own life because you're you're not doing a better job of sharing the gospel? That's why he sends us into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. And he tells Paul, Paul, when Paul got saved, Jesus said, I want you to serve me and I want you to share what I've done for you. Two things all of us can do. We may not have deep theological truth. We may not know all the ins and outs of salvation. You may not know what justification and sanctification and glorification and all those things are. You may not know all the details about eternal security and why we believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. You may not know about the, all about the, the resurrection and what that means in our lives and all that God does for us. But you know what? If you're a Christian, you know how you got saved and that's what you can share with those around you. You can get help with the rest. We can look back. I can look back to that day in February 1974 when I was in the basement of the college library. And I remember this. And I didn't know anything about salvation at that point. But I could tell people straight away I was in the library and somebody showed me that um, I could have eternal life. I could know that I had eternal life if I simply put my faith in Jesus. And that night I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And God saved me. And I know that I'm bound for heaven because I got saved that night. That's all that we need to be able to share to start with. What God did for us. What it meant. People 
they call us born again, but they have no idea what a born again is. People call us whatever they call holiers. But all we want to tell people is how we got saved. Can we do that much? You've got friends and you don't have to take your Bible and beat them over the head with it. But we can tell them how we came to know Christ as Savior. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that you might bless us now, Lord, as we come back to this study in a couple weeks, to the things that Paul talked about, what the gospel can do, what the gospel can do for us and our families and our town and our country if we'll be faithfully doing what you told Paul to do here, to serve others and to share our faith. Make us better sharers this week. Lord, I pray specifically that every one of us in this room who are Christians would have an opportunity this week to tell somebody how we became a Christian and help us to be diligent. Give us the courage and the strength and the, the reliability on you in order to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.